bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay and Young Vander. What's going on, Fantasy Football Fiend family? We have a special show in store for you today. I promise you, you want to listen to every minute of this show. It's going to be well worth your while. It's me, the Fantasy Football Fiend himself, Zay. We got Young Vander in the building. We're going to bring you our best. We're going to give you the information that you need to make your way to this championship. First up, the news. And now, your fantasy news. All right. So, first up in news today, um, in light of it being a tight end episode, I figure we start out with one of the best tight ends out there. A little bit of news on Darren Waller saying that uh, we've avoided a major injury. And it looks like um, his ankle injury isn't going to be as significant as uh, we thought it might be. Um, he was he was out of practice for a few days, and uh, but it looks like he's he's going to be uh, back in the fold pretty quickly here. So, how do you feel about that? Is, is he still your is he still up there in your rankings, or has or did that change based on the the injury? I know we'll actually get to the rankings in a couple minutes, but um, ha- has anything changed for you as far as Wallace is concerned based on the uh, the news? No, nah, for me, it's just uh, business as usual. Okay. Um, Wherever you had him at before, you just keep him there. Uh, definitely one of the top tier uh, tight ends in the league. He's going to get a lot of a lot of targets. Um, the offense is pretty much kind of geared around him, so he's he's the yeah. number one weapon on the team. So I think you should just carry on, just like the injury never happened. Like you didn't like you didn't hear the news. Whatever you felt about him two weeks ago, you still feel the same way about him today. Completely agree. Completely agree. Now, a couple of other tight ends that have a little bit of news uh, going on right now. It looks like uh, Jordan Akins of the Texans. Uh, he's missed his third practice. I know he's kind of like a a, a back-end tight end, if you will, um, for those that, cho- that choose to um, punt the position. But it looks like he missed his third practice. Um, rookie tight end, Pat Fryermuth, uh, he suited up to go against Philly. Um, in Pittsburgh's first preseason game, um, he caught his only target of the game for six yards in uh, in the Thursday night uh, preseason game where Pittsburgh won twenty four to sixteen. So, uh, what's your um, what's your take on uh, the shoulder injury from Fire Move? Is he one hundred percent good to go now? Should be should be able to move on as per usual? Or I would just monitor the situation as we get closer to the start of the season. That's pretty much it with me. I would just monitor the situation and and just wait to see what news come out of their camp and uh, see if he's going to be ready to go. And it looks like, um, at least today, um, what we heard all of last season, what we heard for most of this offseason isn't going to take place, which is Zach Ertz being moved somewhere, anywhere, right. other than the Eagles. So. <laughs> Um, but in my humble opinion, that may actually help the Eagles and Zach Ertz. I, I don't think Zach Ertz is anywhere uh, close to where he used to be, and I do believe that Dallas Goddard is going to take over um, as the tight end one in that offense. But without them having very many pass-catching options, I think he'll still be one of the more reliable in that particular offense. Um, 
in in the preseason game, uh, he caught a pair of catches in the preseason opener. Uh, opener. Yeah. Um, I think he was targeted uh, three times, caught two of them, twenty yards. 20 yards uh, yeah. Not bad. So I mean, I think I think he'll be he and uh, Dallas Gardner will be out there quite a bit together. Um, and I know this seems like a whole bunch of tight end news, but this is <laughs> um, it's it's a coincidence. It's some other uh, news items we'll get to in just a second, but we'll stay in the fire here. Uh, Johnu Smith, Johnu Smith with New England, um, he's going to be for at least a, a few weeks. He's going to be the the um, the the only tight end of note, if you will, um, playing in New England with Hunter Henry. Uh, currently being sidelined. So that's kind of news on two fronts, if you will. Um, He only had a couple of targets. He caught uh, one of his targets for 16 yards in the preseason game. Uh, The the Patriots win that game um, over the football team, the Washington football team. Janu Smith, I believe that he could possibly be the focal point of the offense, or he may mess around and just be a guy. Like that's really the the <laughs> the gamut that it can run week to week. And I think where he's going in drafts right now kind of displays how that thought process um, is kind of prevalent. But I know we'll get into the numbers and the rhyme and reasons when we get into the tiers. But as far as the the news is concerned, uh, between Janu and Hunter Henry. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think this is going to be a season-long effect, or is this going to be a hey? If we were actually in the flames right now, both of them would be out there. We're going to take it cautiously because it's the off season and, and we're ramping up for a seventeen-game season, which none of these guys have ever had to endure before. As far as Zach Ertz, man, I'm a big fan. A lot of people are down on him. Don't forget, I mean, maybe two, three years ago, this guy was one of the best tight ends in the league. He's only 30 years old. Wow, I thought he was a little older than Nah, he's only 30 years old. Uh, it's already well known that he's not being traded. So I just now I think he can get his head straight and know he's going to be there, at least for this year, and play ball. I mean, the news come out of camp that he's been having a better camp than Goddard. I, I really think this can be a steal for a lot of people. I'm going to be looking for him late. Uh, maybe one of those last picks or something like that. I'm going to be looking for him. I think it's just I think it's just too valuable and too talented of a player uh, for people just to like just shun him. I mean, he's, he hasn't he's like he hasn't had some major injury or it's just been the quarterback plays been choppy the last couple of years for the Eagles anyway. So I think that has kind of hurt his production the last year or so. But this year, I think he has an opportunity to give you some really good value. As far as John knew, the injury to Hunter Henry definitely boosts him uh, when it comes to the tight end rankings. But with the Patriots offense is so unpredictable, who knows? You know, he should very well get the targets and and the love, but who knows at this point? Cam, who knows is Cam gonna how long is Cam gonna be quarterback? True. Is Cam gonna start week one? Is it gonna be making like, it's just too many question marks for me? So for John o. Smith, I like where he's at. I like his talent, but for the situation, I'm just gonna like bypass it until I see more. And that's actually um, a perfect segue into the next piece of the news here, kind of taking a look at some of the things that are going on in preseason. Um, Matt Jones, he showed a little bit of accuracy. He showed the that he can kind of get the ball to where it needs to go. 
Uh, one thing that I noticed, though, um, he is going to be a dink and dunker, which is right. great if you're in the PPR leagues and you have those tight ends or you have your Jacoby Myers of the world. Um, I, I think that that's going to be uh, prevalent in, in the offense if or when I won't say if, but when he takes over, whether that's some point in time this year, early, late, or if it's not until next year, just depending on how things go with Cam. But um, I think the pass catching options would do well um, to have Jones as the QB, um, especially when looking at uh, PPR leagues uh, from a fantasy standpoint, because they're going to get many more passes caught, even though there might not quite be as many yards. Um, mm -hmm. but I also believe that he's going to keep the offense on pace. So there'll be more first downs. So you, 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 you might not get as many touchdowns, but you're going to get, um, between the twenties, a lot more, uh, fantasy, uh, points on any given drive. Um, from, from what I was able to glean last night. Now, again, right. that was going against Washington's second and third string, um, defense. So maybe he's not quite as accurate, um, you know, obviously, if he's going against their first string, things of that nature. But I did like what I uh, what I saw from him on his he first did, out. He did throw a nice deep ball that could have been caught was, for yeah. a touchdown. So that I think was, that was the Wilkerson. Actually, he threw two. He he threw one to Wilkerson, and then I want to say one to I want to say his name was Orlowski, and both of them were just slightly too slow. Or or honestly, I think if this was a real game. They had a stretched out for it. They would have had a, a pretty good chance of catching it but yeah i mean he he was he put it in the place that only they can get it which i can appreciate and i'm sure bill belichick can right he definitely uh didn't look uncomfortable so absolutely that's what i took from last night um in the pocket he wasn't panicking you know he seemed comfortable a lot of underneath passes hey they was pretty he was accurate i think for i think he completed maybe 11 or 12 in a row at one point yeah, something I think like he that. ended up like 13 for 16 or something like that. It, I mean, it, the stat line was nice, um, but yeah. I, I think he'll get quite a bit of playing time next, next go-round. Um, we'll kind of have a little bit more of a feel. In that same game, another rookie, uh, Diami Brown, wide receiver for Washington, uh, he caught two of his four passes uh, for 16 yards. Um, I'm not sure if that's just a product of um, – Curtis Samuel not being available, or if yeah. the slot position will also looking at the fact that Fitzpatrick isn't in there. So right. Heineke, I think, is more apt to use the slot um, and, and the tight end, things of that nature, kind of checking out more so than Fitzpatrick. But, um, but you know, it's crazy. I've been hearing, like, the job is not 100% Fitzpatrick. Hmm. Like, the coach is saying, like, I mean, of course, we think that Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter, but mm -hmm. he was like, yo, like, the dude, Heineke, or uh, Heineken, yeah, or whatever, he has an opportunity to compete for the job. So I was like, that's interesting. Heineke is showing me a whole lot of what he's always been. He's a holding in the road guy that can get you out of deep water every now and then. But based on the talent of the offense, you don't you don't need another version of Alex Smith. You need <laughs> what you have, which is a Fitzpatrick type or better. Um, just and that's just again based on the pieces that you have in, in that offense. Um, Jalen Rager caught two passes from Flacco. Again, from Flacco, not Hurts, but so the story's told. There's a, a quarterback competition going on there. I don't know how yeah. much of a competition, but I mean, 
you know, it's something to monitor. But I think, in my humble opinion, Hurts is entrenched. Um, a lot of times these preseason games tell you more about who's playing a lot. Um, that tells you more about who the coaches really think is the starter versus who they feel they need to see more from. If you notice, um, Hurts didn't play a whole lot. Fitzpatrick didn't play a whole lot. Cam didn't play a whole lot. Um, right. The coaches know who they need to see more from. So that that's right. kind of telling more so than the stat line that's put up when you're going against the second, third string defense. Agree. Agree. 100%. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, four touches in the preseason week one game. He rushed twice for 14 yards and caught – two of four targets for 16 yards in Thursday's game. Um, now, he's one of the guys that, in all honesty, is making me a little nervous about Miles Sanders because um, they have several running backs, and the Eagles have been apt to use a committee system. And last year, Sanders kind of showed that he wasn't necessarily able to shoulder the load. So it's a good possibility. And, and, and Kenneth Gainwell, for my money, is the best pass-catching back that was drafted out of this particular class. Not the best overall back, but as far as pass catching is concerned, um, he's top notch. So if you take away the pass catching portion from Sanders, that makes him mediocre in my opinion. So I, I, I don't know that I want to draft him where he's been drafting if his pass catching has been taken away from him. And right behind him is Boston Scott, who's taken away a few of the passes and a few of the carries in any given game. So that's something to monitor as well. Yeah, Miles Sanders, I mean, last year, he only had like 28 receptions. So <laughs> catching the ball in the backfield is definitely not his uh his strength. So um that guy very well may be someone you see on third down. I'm not sure how good of a, a pass protector he is. That also makes a absolutely a, a big difference. Um, Huge but, difference. Yeah, yeah so right. I, I think he'll probably definitely take away some third down from Miles Sanders for sure. And uh, another person that we neglected to talk about in the previous game that we were talking about, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, um, Patriots rookie running back. Um, he looked nice. Um, again, when he was able to get in there, we're talking about second, third string running backs. His big run of the night, 91-yard touchdown run, actually, uh, was with just a, a – a, a little bit of time to go in the fourth quarter. So we, we, we really had like the, 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 the backups to the backups in there, but I like the burst that he had. I like the fact that no one was able to hump him down. Um, so um, we'll, we'll kind of monitor what's going on with him. Um, the Patriots have a platoon. I think <laughs> we're going to be a running team to say the least um, between Damian Harris, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, um, we also have uh, – we brought back in um, Brandon Bowden. Sony Michelle is still there. James White is obviously going to have his role. Um, so there's 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 quite a bit um, of, of backs in that backfield who, who are going to get the opportunity there to kind of um, do what they do best. So that's always one of those, you know, how, how much of the – how much run – in comparison to where I have to draft or trade capital, I have to give up to get one of these guys. How does that even out? So, but one Man, thing that I will say real quick, mm -hmm. people do not touch any Patriots running backs. Just leave it alone. <laughs> just save yourself some headache. I just, think there's a point in the draft and there's a point in general where everybody's a value. So I wouldn't necessarily say steer clear, just because things can happen so quickly. Um, I do believe that Damian Williams is the clear starter. I believe that Ramondre Stevenson is going to be your LeGarrette Blunt type. 
Um, if you remember that um, um, LeGarrette Blunt in the Patriot offense, he was the, the hammer. Um, and then we had the kind of like that thunder and lightning type situation going on. Um, I think we're going to do the same thing. Um, and when you got 17 games, if you think you're going to just use one running back, you might as well be prepared. If, if a team only uses one running back, you might as well be prepared if that if that is your starter to not have him for two games out of the season. Like, like Tell it to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. Um, <laughs> y- your boy missed the game um, last season. Did he? It, yeah, he missed the game last season, and he was hobbled in a couple Oh, yeah, he games did have one game he missed. Now, now he, granted, he, he still put up historic numbers, but what I'm saying is I I don't – if that's what you're doing in the 16-game season, it, it's not going to get any easier in a 17-game season, and it's not going to get any easier on the back of having that type of a season um, as well. So um, if, if we look back, um, there's a couple of things that um, – just because you bring up that topic – um, there's a couple of things that we can look at historically speaking. And I know he's, he's different. He's a different dude, but no one who's run for as many yards as he ran for last year or had as many touches or carries as he had last year has come back and not had a significant decrease. So, I mean, I, whether that decrease is based on, hey, we just gave you a huge contract and we actually want you to stay around throughout that contract so we can allow you to have that type of run uh, because we see that it's running you down and we don't want another DeMarco Murray type situation or whether it's he actually gets hurt um, and and his backup, um, Darrington Evans, ends up being a, um, a sleeper. But either way you slice it, I just don't. I, I don't see him having the same type of season. That doesn't mean that you don't draft him. That doesn't mean that he isn't going to be ultimately one of the better running backs that you're going to be able to come across. But what I'm saying is just stay woke. Like, like don't, don't, don't walk around with this attitude that it can't happen to you and it couldn't happen to him. One last thing, a uh, quad injury to the the camp star Elijah Moore. Yes, uh, yes. For the Jets, uh, looking for an MRI to see you know how serious that is, and so the news is still pending on that. That's that's definitely something to monitor. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm hoping that ends up just being a a a a day to day type of a tweak sort of a thing. I, I would hate for him to lose any significant amount of time, even in preseason, to a a, a lingering injury. So yeah, that's definitely something to monitor. All right, so let's go ahead and hop into this rapid fire 10. Rapid fire 10. Okay, rapid fire 10, rapid fire 10. 10 quick questions. A lot of fantasy owners want to know quick replies. Question one This guy's in a full PPR. He's been offered Adams for Mixon and DJ Moore. Do you do the trade? Adams for Mixon and DJ Moore. I know this is a quick one, but it would really depend on how bad you need a running back. I would prefer to have the ultimate wide receiver versus breaking that one person down into two people that can probably get you about the same amount of points that that one guy could. Unless I really need a running back, which Mixon definitely is a guy that I would go after um, as a target. So. Kind of depends on team construction on that one. PPR Keeper League, Chubb or Gibson? PPR Keeper League. I'm going to have to go. 
I'm gonna have to go with Gibson. Um, he's been drafted after Chubb, and I believe that he's going to get somewhere in the same realm of points. Um, and he doesn't have anyone nipping at his heels as far as the depth chart is concerned. So I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Gibson. Okay, it's a dynasty league. PPR, Judy or Damian Harris. Judy or Damian Harris. So I've heard um, actually news out of camp on Judy that he's been unguardable. The only thing that, in my opinion, held him back last year was quarterback play. So if he can get any consistency from quarterback, he may be one of the next guys up. But again, that's a maybe. But if I have to pick one or the other, I would go with the upside of Judy um, and the fact that um, whenever you're looking at Dynasty, understand that wide receivers hold their value a lot longer than running backs do. And the draft capital that Jerry Judy had, he was a first round pick um, in, in Dynasty just last year. So he's going to hold that value a little bit longer than someone that just kind of came along. In a PPR redraft league, do I take A.J. Dillon or James Conner? If you're the Aaron Jones owner, you definitely take A.J. Dillon. In a vacuum, if you just need additional running back depth and you may need that person to play and you can't wait on injuries, you go with Connor and hope that he doesn't get injured himself. Dynasty, PPR League, Adam Thielen or Kareem Hunt? I think I would prefer to have Thielen in my flex spot over Hunt just because I know he's going to have a consistent role. Um, Hunt week to week, you it, you may not really know what you're gonna get. You got Tariq Hill or Aaron Jones and a PPR redraft. I'm going Tariq Hill all day. Um, his consistency, his boom games, his quarterback, it like uh, he he's top notch for me. Um, he he's the number two wide receiver off the board, and the way that I look at it is the number two wide receiver is going to outperform the number six, number seven running back. So when you're at the back end of drafts and things of that nature, sometimes you got to zig where others have zagged and you don't want to necessarily just, okay, well, everybody else got to run the back. So let me follow behind them. And now they have the top five best running backs and I just followed behind them and got the six best. Well, how's that going to work out for me? <laughs> and now it's their pick again and they get to pick the best wide receiver too, because I didn't. All right. So now I'm way behind. So you have to figure out where you can get your point differentiation from and for me getting who could in all likelihood be the number one receiver versus who in his best year was like the number five i believe um yeah i, I I'll, I'll take the chance on tyreek okay ppr league Devonte adams or travis kelsey yes yes what absolutely Absolutely what? Which one do they take? I can't make a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I mean, I mean, it, okay, so in a vacuum, I'm going to say Kelsey, and let me explain. The reason I'm going to say Kelsey is, and, and, and this is actually a perfect segue into the tight end tiers because he's number one on my board. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's number one on yours as well, so we can just hop right into the the thing with Kelsey. He's actually, believe it or not, more consistent than any wide receiver. Not only is he more consistent, but he's likely to put up wide receiver five or better numbers. So if I can get Travis Kelsey um, and then I can turn around and get a wide receiver with another pick 
that may be a top five, top 10 wide receiver. Well, now I have two positions that can be top notch versus passing up on Kelsey and getting someone later on down the line. So to give you an example, um, your top notch wide receivers like your Adams, your uh, heels of the world, their consistency rate. Um, when looking at uh, when they have uh, tier one or tier two type games is right around 75 to 80 percent of the time. So 75 to 80 percent of their games, they're going to be a wide receiver one or two. Travis Kelsey last year in 86.7 percent of his games and he played 15 games. He was a tight end one. Mm. Like you, you can't get any more consistency from any position other than maybe his quarterback. So I always say that you can't win your league in the first round, but you can definitely put yourself behind the eight ball. It's been thought of that getting tied in early can really put you behind the eight ball. And I agree if you're getting like a round three or four tied in because you're getting a tight end with a question mark, although they should be okay. For example, Mark Andrews will be right around that avenue, right, right around that, um, right around that frame as far as uh, rounds are concerned. But he was only a tight end one 42% of the time. Mm-hmm. Huge drop off, but we're only talking about uh, two or three spot difference. Darren Waller was only um, a tight end one 50%. So we're, we're talking about a huge drop off when you look at consistency. So I'm on the fence right now um, as to, and I know it's abnormal, but maybe this is when you actually do take one of those first you know if if you're maybe on the front end like maybe maybe you got um McCaffrey right maybe you got McCaffrey with your first pick and um maybe Travis Kelsey makes it back around to you to ha- to start out with two guys that are likely barring injury to be the best at their position what more could you ask for and then you can always wide receiver is deep. So I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think? Is it is it still one of those? Hey, yeah, it could work out, but I'm a I'm a go with the tried and true. Wait on quarterback and tight end, or like, how, how do you feel about that concerning Kelsey? I mean, I like Travis Kelsey. I agree with you. Um, as far as at the end of this season, his stats being compared to uh, that of a top tier receiver, but it's one of those things. Uh, you better know what you're doing. If you take Travis Kelsey yeah, early, <laughs> you, you better know what you're doing for the, re- the remainder of your draft, for sure. So, um, out to the the new uh, new players, um, the beginners, the novice, I wouldn't advise it. If you're a professional player, you've been doing this for a while, go for it. Because, I mean, those are the people that has more experience when it comes to drafting mm-hmm. and how to construct their teams. I cannot have said that better. That, 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 <laughs> spot on. Spot on. If, if you don't know what you're doing, please don't take a quarterback or a tight end early because right. you're going to get into those mid-rounds and your head is going to be swimming because you're going to be like, Dag, I, I got to start Miles Gaskin at running back now? Like It's going it's gonna to get it's gonna get deep real quick. So, yeah, sure. I completely agree. Let me give you the rundown of my tier one. There are only three in my tier one. You give me your uh, tier one, and they're probably going to be about the same. We'll, we'll chop it up um, as far as those tight ends are concerned. Uh, so, obviously, we both had Travis Kelsey as our tight end ones. 
my tight end two may be a little different slightly. My tight end two, so I'm, I'm giving rankings as well as tiers. My tight end two is Darren Waller. My tight end three is George Kittle. So I have Kelsey, Waller, Kittle as one, two, and three, and in my tight end one tier. What say you, Young Vander? I have the same exact players in, this, in the same exact order. Oh wow! Okay, I thought I thought you may have had uh, a lot of people have Kittle's number two. So let, let's talk about a little bit of why we feel that Waller is number two versus the conventional wisdom that Kittle's number two. Well, I mean, he's coming off back to back eleven hundred yard seasons. Absolutely. I mean, do I need to say more? <laughs> this is a tight end. You know, what I mean, over a thousand yards receiving two straight years. Um, so without a question, man. I think he should be number two. I know George Kittle was uh, – he missed about eight games last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows if he's going to have a rookie quarterback this year. So there's a lot of question marks with the 49er offense. Even though talent-wise, he's very well the best tight end in the league as far as talent and ability. But um, I think Waller deserves to have that number two spot. So I have some of the same sentiments. A couple of things to consider. Waller's offense is literally designed around him. He's the number one wide receiver in that offense. Right. Kittle's success, in my humble opinion, in many cases, has been greatly depended upon the starting wide receivers not being available to go. So he was a de facto wide receiver one, not that the 49ers offense is built around the tight end. So if I'm going to go with the guy, not to mention the fact that Darren Waller has had two relatively healthy back-to-back years to where George Kittle has missed games in a significant amount of games last year. And I think he missed a couple of games the year before as well. So he, um, I, I don't know what it is with Shanahan, but he has a particular type. He wants the guy that plays with his hair is on fire. Um, and at the same time, they probably going to miss a few games because of the way that they play. But in every single play, they're going to give you 150%, uh, which lends itself to injuries. Um, but, that's the only reason that um, I have George Kittle as my number three tight end. While that is being stated, I also must state George Kittle is not on my draft board at all hmm. for the reasons we just stated. And because of the fact that someone is going to draft him super high, I can't draft him where I would need to draft him in order to get him. I guarantee it. It's still it's too many running backs available. It's too many wide receivers available. It's too many quarterbacks available where you would have to take him, in my humble estimation. And they're tight ends with less injury history and a decent probability of getting somewhere in the neighborhood of what he may get. Because, again, you have a healthy Debo. You have a healthy Ayuk, at least right now. Um, and then you have um, healthy running backs that are going to be catching out of the backfield as well. Um, you have a healthy Jalen Hurd, um, who's healthy for the first time in a long time. Well, we'll see what he does. But every time he's been healthy, he's been decent um, out there on the field. So there's a lot of mouths to feed now all of a sudden. Um, and Kittle isn't the only game in town anymore. So that's just something to consider in my humble opinion. Go ahead and hit us with your number, uh, your, your second tier. Tier two uh, tight ends, I have Mark Andrews, the rookie sensation Kyle Pitts. I have uh, TJ Hawkinson, Tyler Higby, and Robert Tanyan. Okay, okay. So we we have uh, several of the same here. I have Mark Andrews leading the way. Um, I have Dallas Gardner. I have TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, 
no offense, Robert Tanyan. So uh, my tier is a little bit larger than yours for this one. There are a couple people that um, we have that kind of match. So uh, we don't really have to go over those. But a couple people that I have um, in the tier that you didn't, um, or at least uh, no offense, um, I believe should be a part of this particular tier. Um, did you mention, I don't think you said Dallas Garter, did you? No. Okay, I didn't no, think so. Dallas Garter, I believe, also should be a part of this tier based on projected points. Um, I believe that Dallas Garter is going to be a vital, vital part of the Philadelphia offense. I believe, honestly, he's the best pass catcher on the team. Um, they have a rookie wide receiver who is hurt and not building chemistry with the quarterback. And then they have the dudes that they had last year that weren't good enough to be the number one. So in my opinion, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard um, are, are going to be heavily targeted. And Dallas Goddard is going to be the tight end one in the offense, de facto number one receiver in the offense. I think I like Dallas Goddard here if Ertz was on another team. But being that he's still there, I think this is just a little too high for me. Well, the thing about it is, is I would agree if they had wide receivers. But when you just look at pass catchers, not saying necessarily the position that they play, they actually have less pass catchers than the average team does. So if we were talking about a a Kansas City or if we were talking about even a, a Washington football team that had several wide receivers that you could say, hey, no, that's the guy right there. Philly doesn't have one wide receiver that you can say, oh, no, that's that dog. That's the guy right there. Not one. So Ertz, I believe, is necessary for Goddard to be able to actually get open every now and then because no one's going to care about the wide receivers. And the running backs are just kind of, eh, anyway, um, as well. So, I mean, you know, that, that's kind of why I have him in that. Just because I, I target volume, I think, is going to put him up there. Same reason for TJ Hawkinson, actually. Um, TJ Hawkinson, I believe, is going to get a whole lot of uh, volume. Now, Detroit actually has a better wide receiving core than Philly. No offense. I think he has the, again, this is going to be one of those, it's more so about the QB than it is about the tight end. But I think he has an opportunity to break out this year as long as he has consistent play. And I think Bridgewater is going to be that quarterback at some point in time. And Bridgewater is more apt to check down than he is to throw that D-gaff deep ball. So it's likely that that running back out of the backfield and the tight end are going to get a few more targets as we get closer to the time in fantasy when it really counts the most, um, which is playoff time. Um, and I believe he's going to be one of the guys that down the stretch, he's going to be, you're going to be glad that you got him and you don't have to pay up for him. The same as with Dallas Goddard. Uh, he's going um, in the, you know, depending on how many people you have in your league, sixth, seventh round. So, you know, that's just something to consider as well. Draft capital. My tier three is actually very small because a lot of these guys that could be tier three guys, they've been bumped down for for different reasons. So my tier three, I have Rob Gronkowski, Mike Jacecki, Irv Smith, and that's it. Okay. I'm going to have a couple more people in my tier three <laughs> than you do. Irv Smith is my uh, first tight end in tier three. I like what I'm hearing out of camp with him. Um, he's right now the third receiver um, being targeted on the team right now. And he's uh, one of the top red zone um, targets right now. He showed a lot of that red zone capability last year uh, during the season. I like Jonu Smith in this tier based on what's going on with Hunter Henry. And 
in any offense where the tight end has the possibility of being the highest targeted pass catcher, I never want to overlook that guy because tight end is more so about volume than it is about talent. Mm -hmm. You can have the most talented tight end, but if he's only getting two or three targets a game, in all likelihood, you aren't going to get consistent results. So I prefer to have the tight end that's kind of been treated as a de facto wide receiver, and I think Jonu Smith is going to kind of fit that bill. I also have Logan Thomas in that tier. Um, Last year, he ended up being, I want to say like, tight end five or six um on the year um and he showed me something um, he really sh- and also I-, I believe he just switched over to tight end not too long ago and it's one of the more difficult positions to kind of learn so i think he in all actuality he hasn't reached his peak for that position yet although he's at peak tight end age if that makes sense um i also have rob Gronkowski. And lastly, for this tier, I have Tyler Higby. We saw Matthew Stafford use his tight end effectively for, for some years. And I believe Tyler Higby is a little bit more athletic. I believe that Tyler Higby is gonna is gonna be a red zone guy. And when looking at the players on the Rams team, Woods is not really a red zone guy. He's more of a slot guy. He's more of a I'm gonna get past you or make you look silly on my route running. Cooper Cup is a deep ball guy, but he's not as much of a red zone guy, and he tends to get nicked up or miss games. Um, If Tyler Higby can stay healthy, he may be in for quite a bit of the red zone percentages, and and Gronk is Gronk. Um, The only reason he's this low is because Tampa has so many miles to feed, not to mention the fact that O.J. Howard is coming back and potentially may be the tight end one over Gronk based on the system being ran and the age differential and the talent differential just based on where they are in their career and the totality of injuries that Gronk has compiled. So um, that's my tier three. Well, for me, Logan Thomas, uh, just he uh, I dropped him two reasons. I mean, I'm not really looking at last year's breakout. Mm-hmm. He has a different quarterback. He has a quarterback that's more of a push it downfield. Yes, it's true. Very true. And uh, with the addition of uh, Samuel, Curtis Samuel comes to the team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he's going to be in the slot a little bit. So I think that it also is going to affect a lot of his uh, targets. So for those two reasons, I dropped him down to my tier four, which I can go ahead and get into. Um, Noah Fant, another guy you had, I have in my tier four. The talent is intriguing, but until I can see some improved quarterback play, I don't see nothing. I have him here. I also have Evan Ingram here, Eric Ebron, Jared Cook. I think is very this. This could be interesting. I mean, Jared Cook, very talented. He's taking the role of Hunter Henry now with the Chargers. Pretty good quarterback play, and I'm I'm interested to see how he how he produces this year. So I, I like Jared Cook right here. I also have Hunter Henry and John Smith packaged together here. Hunter Henry, you know the injury. And Janu being that I have to see more. I have him here in the tier four. And Aaron Anthony, uh first first sir, the Tennessee tight end. Yeah, first. I, yeah, I have him here also tier four. Okay, so my tier four is actually probably my largest tier. This is the throw it up against the wall and hope for the best, but there is actually a decent chance that they I'm sorry, will be... I'm sorry, I mean to cut you off. Oh no, Dallas Goddard. I didn't I have him also here in tier four. I didn't mention him. Okay. So Dallas Goddard. Is here my tier four. 
So that may be the first guy that we have two tiers apart. Right. So in my tier four, I have uh, Evan Ingram. I have Hunter Henry. I have Blake Jarwin, Austin Hooper, Jarrett Cook, Cole Komet, Gerald Everett, Adam Troutman, Eric Ebron, Zach Ertz, Anthony Ferkser, Hayden Hurst, Dan Arnold. <laughs> Interesting. So as far as the, I'll go through some of the guys that you didn't name. Um, most of these guys, I'm looking at target volume. In New Orleans, I think Trotman is a nice sleeper candidate just because they don't have any receivers right now. And he's going to be the one most likely to be um, open. I mean, I, I don't really – it doesn't matter if it's Hill. doesn't matter if it's Winston. I think he's going to get more targets than most just based on the situation. Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett, he's a very athletic tight end. He's one of those guys that's going to get opportunity based on not being able to be covered because so much attention is being paid to DK and so much attention is being paid to Tyler Lockett. So I believe in the red zone, he's going to have a lot of efficiency because he should, in most cases, be... Um, one-on-one with a linebacker because the safeties are going to kind of have to help out the corners. So I, I think he's going to have several wide open touchdowns in the red zone, just based on the way that the, uh, the team is set up. Austin Hooper, they, they didn't make Austin Hooper the highest paid tight end in the NFL for no reason. Um, I think that Baker Mayfield's security blanket and with Odell Beckham being back, Similar situation um, as I was just stating, that doesn't actually hurt Hooper. It helps him because now you can't focus on him um, as long as you have a healthy Beckham in there. Jared Cook, I believe, has an opportunity due to vacated targets that Hunter Henry left behind. And the fact that you don't really have a consistent red zone target, although Mike Williams would be that guy if he can stay healthy, um, he tends to get nicked up quite a bit. Um, so I believe that Cook is going to be kind of a safety blanket as well. Cole Komet in Chicago, I believe he's going to take over that tight end position this year away from Jimmy Graham or Jimmy Grandpa, as he's uh, lovingly been nicknamed. Um, I believe that that's going to be kind of a this is going to be a tr kind of a transitioning year for him. Anthony Ferkser. Anthony Ferkser is going to kind of have the same benefit as some of the other tight ends I was just mentioning. You have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones on the field with you. Um, you have Henry in the backfield. No one is going to be paying attention to him. The tight end position has been used effectively in Tennessee for some years now since Ryan Tannehill has been the quarterback. So, um, and, and they had a, a pretty good connection um, last year. Lastly, the guy that I'll talk about is Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold is kind of snuck into this tier based on the chemistry that he currently has in Carolina with Sam Darnold, they're saying that the chemistry is real and he's the first look in the red zone right now for Sam Darnold. And we got to understand that Sam Darnold is a guy that doesn't have a guy. Um, yes, he had a little bit of familiarity with Robbie Anderson, but this is a completely different offense a couple years removed. So um, he, he's kind of starting from scratch. And if you tell me that he has a guy and that guy is the tight end, well, I guess I'm going to believe it until I don't see it. But he seems to have a level of familiarity with that guy. Sounds good. Sounds good.
What you got for tier five? Tier five, I have uh, Blake Jarwin, uh, Gerald Everett, Austin Hooper, Zach Ertz, Jordan Atkins. Did you have that before or after you knew about the injury that Atkins was going through, or did does, or does that not really matter just yet? Basically, as of as of right I'm, now, I'm, yeah, I'm just holding holding still right now. So in tier five for me, I have Dawson Knox from Buffalo, OJ Howard, Jack Doyle, Jimmy Graham, and I also have Moelle Cox. Okay. Or Gigantor. This guy is huge. I mean, huge, huge. Even for a football player, he's huge. And he has a shot at possibly being the number one tight end um, in Indy. So that's why I have uh, he and Jack Doyle both there because I'm not sure which one is going to end up being the number one. But whichever one ends up being the number one should have a decent amount of target volume. Um, right now, you basically only have Hilton and Pittman there. Parrish Campbell could be a target hog if he can stay healthy. They peppered him with target targets in game one of last year, and he showed to be possibly the the the, the receiver that they were going to lean on. And then he got, I think he got hurt in that same game or the next game, something like that. But even, even if there are no injuries and their entire wide receiver core is well to do, I would still put both of the indie tight ends in this category. Right now, it looks like Jacob Eason is going to start at least for a couple of weeks while Wentz is hurt. I don't and know. They, story, I, they actually some news come out saying Wentz may be ready week one. Yeah, they just saying that shit. That he ain't ready. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I I don't see it. Um, but but you can't you can't tell your opponent during preseason that they're preparing for a rookie that shouldn't really actually be in the game. So I mean, I think that's a little bit of gamesmanship. But rookie quarterbacks historically do kind of lean on slot receivers and tight ends so they can get the ball out quickly. So that just may be something to to, to look at. And um, like I said, Gigantor, uh, he's a safety blanket if I ever seen one. You just throw it up and hope for the best because he's going to out jump anybody. He don't even have to jump. He can just put his arm, put his hand up in the air and he's going to have more <laughs> reach than most. So. You know, that, that's just something to consider. My tier six is pretty much everybody else. Like, there, there really isn't a significant name in tier six that I'm going to tell you to even put on the ass end of your bench. I mean, like, it's these are guys that if somebody gets hurt or if you're in a bye week and you don't carry two tight ends, which I don't suggest that you carry two tight ends. Um, it's a waste of a bench spot. But this is a guy, these, these are guys that – if they're available, you you pick them based on the matchup for that bye week or something like that. Use them to hold you in the road while you're looking to make a tight end trade. If your tight end one got hurt, something something of that nature. So, I mean, those are your your, your Dalton Schultz, um, your Donald um, Parman Jr. of the uh, Chargers, your David and Joe Coos of the world, Harrison Bryant, Pat Firemuth. Nobody that you can really count on. These aren't people that I would draft or people that I would even put on the end of the bench, like I said. So. Right. Agreed. But well, also in the tier mm-hmm. six, I mean, we're not really going to go through too many names, I guess. Some guys, I have Adam Trotman, the name that you had in year five. So one guy, I mean, sometimes there's some talent down here that you just want to at least pay attention to, see if they can get off to a good start. Uh, people have been ringing the Chris Herndon bell for a minute now. And it has yet to been answered. Um, maybe with That's... a new quarterback play in New York, we may finally see that unlock. Not too certain, but there's always you know those type of guys. I do have Jimmy Graham here. We already know a lot of, a lot of these uh, guys in these. It's pretty much based on injury. You know, if they start to go down, like the Najokos, yep. uh, the Will Disleys, and things like that. So 
Uh, CJ Uzuma, I think, is a guy that can, um, yeah. you know, he's going to have a week, a week or two. You know, there's a lot of miles of feet in Cincinnati, but he may be, like you said before, one of those guys that nobody's paying attention to. Um, is Tyler Eifert on the team? I'm not certain. Um, I don't believe so. I, I think, think he he's still a, a free I think he was agent. a free Yeah, I mean, he'll be another one of those guys. If he gets to a team, it'll probably be because someone got injured. And when he's not injured... Um, he's talented. Um, he he may be somebody else that I, I I put in this tier if he was on a team. So, but I believe he'll 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 make it into camp at some point in time. I think he's just uh, he's one of those guys that um he'll he'll probably want to wait till after preseason to pick where he's going or to the tail end of it. All right. I believe that uh we are good to go for this show. Um, now next up we're going to be looking at rookies. Um, what we need to look out for historically speaking, how many of them are normally effective? How you go about choosing which ones are going to be effective. And we're actually going to have another member of the Fantasy Football Fiend family on with us to do that show. And his specialty is rookies. I promise you, this is a treat. I don't normally say when it pertains to fantasy that anyone is better than me in any given category. But as it pertains to diagnosing rookies and who should have great years, I'm telling you, you guys are going to be in for a treat. So get ready for that. Let's take care of business. If you want to reach us on our socials, fantasy football fiend at Gmail. Um, if you want to hit us up with an email or a question at fantasy underscore fiend for Twitter, fantasy football fiend on IG fantasy football fiend family facebook group young vander give me your info uh young vander that's the word young v-a-n-d-e-r on ig and twitter feel free to dm me any fancy questions i'll be sure to respond in a timely manner it's been fun as always get us your show ideas get us your questions your concerns we're more than happy to help you out and hey all we do is give advice it's up to you to take <laughs> young vander signing out Thank you.